we as women, we deal with so many fears and that fear, it tends to keep us stuck and stagnant. And there are so many things that we can do to make a difference, not only for ourselves, our families and for individuals that we're meant to serve. I really became, I would say, not intrigued, but wanting to help others because I also dealt with a lot of fears. I mean, every day we all wake up with fears and I know the struggles that I've had. I know the work that I do every day to work through my fears. I don't try to overcome them. I work through them because they're going to pop up every day. And every day I just address it and look at myself in the mirror and ask myself, why am I most afraid and what am I really afraid of? Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today, we're going to discuss how to apply career coaching to not only business, but to everyday life. How to gain confidence and overcome shyness, no matter what you're working toward. Our guest, Kay Idea Igniter Richardson, describes herself as just an ordinary girl from South Florida, but her career has been anything but ordinary. She built her first successful businesses in her 20s as an ergonomics consultant and occupational therapist. As a self-proclaimed shy person, Kay realized that success was not about just being good about something. She knew she would have to do more than just be good. She had to learn to overcome her fears and learn to promote herself with confidence. She's the owner of Clients Who Say Yes as a coach and trainer and the host of the 5 Minutes to Fearless podcast. She also is the author of the book, What a Woman's Gotta Do. Welcome, Kay. Welcome, Kay. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm really intrigued by your background. We love to talk to guests who take kind of that windy road to success, which we all know a little bit about here on Spark Joy. So we'd love to just start there. If you could tell us a little bit about how you made that transition from previously working as an ergonomics and occupational therapist and now moving into more business marketing and client development. Well, it all started because when I was 24, I was basically forced into opening up a business because there were no jobs. As usual, college students get out of college, you have a degree, but there are no job opportunities. And at that time, I was working for a temp agency because there was no work as an occupational therapist. But one day I was just fed up with sitting at the desk job. I'm going to tell my age here. I opened up the Sunday classifies and there was an opportunity for this independent contractor. And the individual said to me, hey, I can give you this position, but it only pays $90 a week. And I'm like, okay. You know, I had to realize that, are you crazy? You make $400 a week now and you're going to leave your job to earn $90 a week as an independent contractor. Who does that? But I stepped out of faith, didn't tell my family or my friends because I was a single mom living on my own and the rent was almost due and I didn't know how I was going to get it done. But somehow I got it done with the last paycheck. I really had to learn how to position myself in the market. I had to learn how to sell myself, of course, and networking was not my strength because as you mentioned, I'm very shy and I pretty much had to figure it out. And that's how I end up in 
you know, business for myself. And as I begin to develop my skills, speaking on national stages for, you know, 600 person audiences and for the state of Florida HR Conference Association, I, you know, had people come up to me and say, wow, you're very young and you're doing some awesome things. Is there any way you can help me? And I would do it for free because at the time back in the early 2000, late 90s, the coaching and, you know, the online marketing thing was very, very, very new. But I would do it from the kindness of my heart and people were getting results. And one day I just happened to be on Twitter engaging with this young lady from Australia and we became friends and she invited me to an event that she was coming over to connect with in the States. And I met her there. And to my amazement, it was this world about coaching that I knew nothing about. And that's how I got into coaching. This is so great. I'm really looking forward to learning more about the work that you're doing around fear. And especially for women, this inherent fear and this self-doubt is such a huge thing. There's this whole thing about trying to present yourself as being confident and knowing what you're talking about, but also being really concerned that you're coming across as being overbearing. And I think that this is just a really common issue for people, you know, just feeling comfortable with trying to present your message and to, um, you know, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's a business or just promoting your perspective and your point of view. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you decided that this was an area that you wanted to focus on and how has this evolved for you as, um, as, a, as a part of your, of your work? That's a really great question because as you mentioned, you know, we as women, we deal with so many fears um, and that fear, ten, it tends to keep us stuck and stagnant. And there are so many things that we can do to make a difference, not only for ourselves, our families and for individuals that we're meant to serve. And I really became, I would say, intri- not intrigued, but wanting to help others because I also dealt with a lot of fears. I mean, every day we all wake up with fears. I know the struggles that I've had. I know the work that I do every day to work through my fears. I don't try to overcome them. I work through them because they're going to pop up every day. And every day I just address it and look at myself in the mirror and ask myself, why am I most afraid? And what am I really afraid of? Because I know that I have these fears. That's why I wanted to help individuals work through this, which is through the podcast that I have. So cool. I resonate a lot with your message because I am someone who has often been told that they are shy. And it's because I am someone who will listen first before I speak. I like to internalize things and I lean definitely more introverted. So over the many, many years where people just assumed I was shy because I was more quiet, I've also stepped out of my shell and saw that, you know, I have to be a certain way in order to attract what I want and make sure people know I definitely have a voice and something to say. And it's funny because when I do talk about things that I love, like tidying and and other topics, Mm -hmm. I could talk about those all day. And especially if it's with a group of people I trust or like my close circle of friends. So this is really great because you're busting through some of the misconceptions people have about people who are either introverted or deemed shy. Um, We all have a voice and we all have something valuable to contribute. So I I just want to thank you for sharing that message. You know, selfishly, I'm one of those people who I I know because I have stepped out on faith and because I've had 
of various life experiences that I am perfectly capable of getting things done and and putting these ideas, you know, making them real. I've proved that to myself on many occasions, but even though that's the case, I have often gotten in my own way when it comes to proceeding forward and letting fear take over, I guess you could say. So if there are listeners out there who feel the same way, that they feel like something is holding them back, uh, whether it be from completing their tidying pursuits or something else that they're working on in their life, can you give us some real examples of how you suggest we begin to overcome some of those fears and how you've noticed others overcome them in your work? Well, I'll give you an example of a story of a previous client that I have worked with. He was a gentleman who basically wanted to make about $600,000 come the next year in his business. But unbeknownst to him, he had this fear of being seen as a know-it-all. And that fear was interjected into him from his father. His father came here from Cuba In Cuba, they were a very well-to-do family. But here in the United States, the father had to become a cab driver in order to build up himself being in a very new country. The little boy that he was at the time, my client, was so excited to be in a new country, in the cab with his father, and had the opportunity to tell the stories of his family history. But his father always shushed him. So he grew up thinking that you should not talk about yourself. And when we had our conversation and us working together, that revealed itself. He was always shy and timid, but it really stemmed from him being a child in his father's cab, who was always shushed to not speak and talk about himself. Hmm. So do you feel like looking back in that pathology is really like the first place you should look? Like what, yes. what may be back in your past yes. has still speaking to you in the future? Yes. And even for me, I'll tell you my own personal story. As a little girl, when I started even my very first business, I was always afraid to pick up the phone to ask for the sale. It would just paralyze me. And I would just sometimes sit and cry and and ask myself, why is this so scary for me to be able to do this? And, you know, one day I was just going deep within and really trying to understand where did this fear come from? What I came up with was when I was a little girl, I don't know if you remember or where you're from, you had like the little Christmas catalog where your parents would sell the popcorn or the gift wrapping paper. And I will always- Yeah, I remember that. Okay, great. Okay, so you'll be able to follow with me in the story. So um, I will bring it home because I wanted to win the prize, right? Sure. (laughs) So I would bring the catalog home to my mom and my mom would say, don't bring that stuff home. I don't want to go to my job bothering people in. I looked at sales as bothering people. So it made me very afraid to pick up the phone. And once I was able to recognize that that's what, where my fear came from, I began to work through it and give myself just a simple exercise of let's just pick up the phone. We're not going to call anyone. We're just going to pick up the phone. The next step simply was pick up the phone, dial the number, but hang up really quick. <laughs> So I did this for a few weeks and finally I held the phone and the person answered. And I said, this is Kay. We met at a networking event. I do ergonomics consulting. Would love to know, is there a way that I can come in and have a meeting with you? And granted, I got the word no, but 
A few months later, I picked up the phone again and said, hey, you know what? I rebranded. I want to send you out some more material. Can I send this out to you? He said, yes, but we still have the person that we're working with. We don't need your services right now. Maybe three more months later, because I made those two attempts, he picked up the phone to call me and said, Kay, we want to know how can we work with you? Do you have something that can help save us money and get our employees back to work? And that was my opportunity. After I, It took me a few steps to work through the fear, but that was the outcome. And they became a client. That's such a great story. As you were sharing this, I kept thinking about an issue that just seems to plague me from time to time. And, you know, sometimes I'll be working with a client and maybe it's somebody that I've worked with for a long time and I'll just randomly be struck with this lack of self-confidence and this fear that I'm not conveying something in a way that's meaningful to them or just feeling nervous. And sometimes it has no rhyme or reason to it. It just seems to strike out of the blue. It's almost this kind of uh, occasional lack of self-confidence, even when I we're working together well and that everything is going great and that they're receiving a lot of benefit from our work together, but I can just get really nervous. And I'm not even sure if it comes across, but I definitely feel it inside. And it's one of those things that I would really love to know how to overcome. First of all, I guess I'm wondering if that's a common thing, if there are tips on how to address that and overcome that, especially if you're not exactly sure where it's coming from or why it's coming up at that particular time. The first thing I would suggest for you would be to ask yourself, what is it in that moment that's making you feel unsure? What are the stories that has happened for you in the past where you have shown up to give your very best, but someone made you feel as if it wasn't good enough? Wow, that's really profound. I'm definitely going to have to think about that because that so makes a lot of sense. That would be the first starting point because somewhere, you know, at some point, someone made you feel as if what you were doing wasn't good enough. And that's probably, if I can sense, is what my intuition told me. You're second guessing because it's, you're wondering if it's good enough. Interesting. And that's without me going, you know, really deep in how I would, you know, have a conversation with clients. The unique thing about when people work with me, I sense where they're, energy is in their body sometimes. And it makes me stop to dig deeper to start asking additional questions. So then really, it's that self-discovery and trying to find where it originates from that seems to be the really important first step. Yes, because you can't move forward until you understand where it comes from. Because think about this, the more you grow, you're still going to come back to that. But if you have an idea, you know how to change the story. You know how to say, hey, I remember when I was on stage and, you know, the teacher said your lines, you know, you weren't performing at at par, you know, at a very high level. So it always made you subconscious. So you can say, no, I'm not there. I'm always doing my best. My clients love me. They continue to come back to me and I'm going to work through this. That can be a simple conversation that you have really quickly in your head. As you're standing in front of your client, they have no idea, but it gives you that release of energy of that thing that you're feeling, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, you know, when we do work with clients, and I think for anyone who's working toward tidying their own home, there is sometimes that lack of self-confidence in your decision making, for example. So a lot of times we work with folks who are really unsure of whether or not they're able to make good decisions about what they should keep, what they should let go of, what things will support their vision going forward for themselves, whether it's in their homes or in their personal lives or in their career. 
so there's a lot of just helping folks feel more comfortable with their ability to make those decisions. And it sounds like in some ways, it's really the same process. It's taking a look at what is keeping you from feeling confident about making decisions. In Kanmai, it would be about what things you find especially beautiful or especially helpful that you want to surround yourself with. Yes. And sometimes it can be, like you say, for your clients is making that bold move to transform everything and create something new. Well, and just along those lines, I have to say that I have always been so excited when you can see that self-confidence build mm-hmm. as they begin to make more and more decisions. Mm-hmm. When, for example, I start with a client, we start with clothing, which is the first category in Hanmai, and we'll pile everything up and they will have at the very beginning a lot of maybe items. I'm just not sure. I just can't decide maybe. And by the time we're finished with their clothes, we'll go back to that maybe pile and almost inevitably they will have a very clear decision about every one of those things. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's because they got some practice in and they begin to feel more confident about their decision making. Um, And it really seems to build on itself. So the more practice that skill, the easier it gets and the more confident you feel in in making those decisions. Exactly. And Kay, I imagine that's what you felt when you started to make speaking appearance after speaking appearance, that as you continue to practice it through that vehicle, you became more comfortable and your story, I guess, changed from, oh, I'm a shy girl to, oh, I'm someone who can speak in front of 600 people. I'm still shy, but I can get up and do it. (laughs) I hear you. I'm the same way. (laughs) I can still get up and do it and roar Mm -hmm. just as loud. I was a cheerleader when I was younger. So I I have that voice and like, oh, this little person has such a big voice. Yes, I do. Well, I think it's so cool that you are helping people make bold moves. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your podcast five minutes to fearless. I had my own aha moment here that I need to listen to more stories like this to encourage myself to always be fearless and more courageous. So if you could give our listeners a takeaway on on what's discussed in those five minutes and kind of the premise of the show. The premise of the show is just one topic that either myself I have gone through from a personal experience or the stories that the listeners submit to the show. Or sometimes it's just through articles that I read online in my spare time that give me the motivation to create a podcast around. And it's really simple. It's one topic. I give suggestions. I may even share my personal experience so that people know that they're not alone and to give them that inspiration to take action. And that's pretty much all it is. It's digestible, right? Five minutes. Everyone has five minutes, right? (laughs) Yes. So what are some of the topics that you've presented in those five minutes? Well, some of the topics are what you do in the dark comes out in the light. Another topic would be stop beating yourself up and acknowledge your small achievements so that you can continue on your journey. Another topic would be why is it never good enough? I think I just did a topic not too long ago about myself and why I have this need to be in control all the time. (laughs) So it's, it's just little things that come up in my life or in the listeners' lives or just through articles that I read and I connect and create a podcast around. This is really interesting. And your book, which has got the best title ever. It's called What's a Woman Got What a, What a Woman Gotta Do. It addresses more kind of in a more generic sense this idea that there are past hurts and shame that have kind of 
inhibited us from achieving the things that we want to achieve. And the book is about trying to dig into that shame-based self to kind of move you away from that. What got you to the place where you realized that taking a look at some of that was really important towards your growth and development? For me, I think the first thing was when I realized that I could be a millionaire, but then it was some shame around becoming a millionaire. It caused me to really dig deep and ask myself, well, what is this shame around money and you not feeling good enough or worthy or sometimes even capable of making this happen? As I began to deal with those and be an entrepreneur, I just began to write one morning. It just all flowed because there are things that we're shameful about or, you know, things that are in our past that keep us from stepping into who we really are meant to be. We are powerful individuals, whether it may be career, whether it may be a mom, whether it may be an artist, whatever it is, we are powerful. But there's something sometimes in some of us that's keeping us stuck and playing small and second guessing ourselves. And I wanted my readers to answer some questions to help them move beyond that feeling stuck and just unhappy in life. So along those same lines, in the work that you do with clients who say yes, as a business person or as people who are working on establishing a business that's an ongoing concern. So you have folks who come to you for coaching because maybe their businesses aren't growing as fast as they would like, or they feel stuck, or they're not sure of how to propel themselves forward. And a lot of times it has to do with feeling confident in your message. What kinds of things do you suggest to the people that you're doing coaching with as far as like how to move things forward and get better results? Well, one of the things that I always have the individual start with is really becoming very clear on the problem that you solve. Next, become very competent around the people who have that problem that want the problem solved. And then the next step would be figure out how you're going to promote yourself. And there are so many tactics about marketing and how to market and how to sell. But I will have someone really identify the strength in them that will allow them, number one, to be consistent, to show up powerfully in that manner, whether it may be writing, whether it may be speaking, whether it may be through video. What's going to be your yes factor to connect that problem with the people and through that way of promotion? And then most importantly, having the sales process that's going to make it easy for them to say yes to you. Love that. The goal, always get them to yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. Before we leave you here, I actually do have a little bit of a curveball question for sure. you. I'm very confident that you will be able to give us an awesome answer. And it's a selfish question, I'd say, because I saw that you do have that ergonomic background. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious. I mean, usually we ask our professional organizers at this point, what's their favorite tidying tip? And I would love for you to share your favorite ergonomic tip, because that's something I always struggle with my posture and just arranging my office in a certain way that's best for me health wise. Okay. So number one, I would always recommend that people have a really good ergonomic chair. 
a chair that's adjustable. The armrests are adjustable. Your seat pan, seat height, backrests are adjustable. Number one, if you're going to sit for hours, you need to be in a very comfortable chair. I know they have all these little cutesy chairs out, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, and then I would give you the red light, green light method. Okay, so if you think about your desk and let's draw half circles. So you have a half circle of green, which are the things that are closest to you that you would use most often so that it keeps you from repetitive motion of, you know, reaching constantly throughout the day. Then you have your yellow zone or the next half of the circle moving above that. Those are things that you may not use as often, but yet, you know, they are a lot closer than the the things that are in the red zone. So red, yellow, green. And then most importantly, would be to make sure that your wrists are always in a neutral position. So basically, if you put your elbows to your side at a 90 degree angle, that should be a comfortable space. Your keyboard should flow between your wrist and your forearm. It should be natural and relaxed. If you're finding your shoulders hiked, then that means that something is too high and you need to lower it. So it may be your chair. It may be your keyboard. But here's the challenge with ergonomics. Once you fix something, you cause another problem. (laughs) So you just have to work with it until you have that comfort level. And then to take short breaks. So have water so it forces you to get away from your workspace. Have that freedom to kind of move and stretch a little bit and come back. Avoid having monitors too high where your neck is extended up, which also causes neck strain and pains. Most people now work on, I would say, laptops. So, you know, just making sure that you have your laptop in front of you opposed to on the side where you're causing your neck to be towards, let's say, the wall and you're trying to, you know, work from a side position. And most importantly, my last tip, always try to use hands-free. So make sure that you use headphones because the cradling of the phones will cause excruciating pain. So those are my tips for you. I know I gave you a lot, but it's just the therapist in me. (laughs) I love them all and I'm probably violating them all, especially where I'm sitting right now. So that was very helpful. I figured uh, it's it's rare that I talk to an ergonomics specialist, so I had to throw that one in there for you. (laughs) And if I I probably can muster up like an old ergonomic um, poster that I had, I'll try to scan it and send it over to you all for your listeners. Very cool. And we'll, Great. we'll include that in the show notes. Awesome. So we asked all of our guests, uh, what's sparking joy for you today? I mean, honestly, being here with you all is sparking so much joy for me today. I mean, <laughs> having, Thank having you. the opportunity to help individuals with just little simple tips to work through their fears so that they can, like you said, tidy up their homes you know, make the arrangements so their lives can be smooth and their space can be awesome for them. And for the entrepreneurs who are ready to just step into it and not allow fear to keep them from, you know, making the difference in the world is the thing that's sparking joy for me today and every day, besides my two handsome young men. Oh, that's great. And do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Yes. Wake up and take action. I love that. I have love a sign it. in my room right to my left that says, wake up and be awesome. So I'm a big <laughs> fan of that one. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kay. It was my pleasure. You can reach Kay on clientswhosayyes.com. 
She's on Instagram at Idea Igniter. And on Facebook, she is at Ideas to Income. And Kay has a special offer just for SparkJoy listeners. She is providing a free coaching consultation. You can email her with the subject, SparkJoy Podcast, Moving Past the Fear, and she'll be in touch. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the SparkJoy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey, of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago, and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.